I love Advent because we pick up on lots of passages in the Bible which we don't often focus on unless we're doing a series through um, a book of the Bible, but we start to pick up on the story of the coming of Jesus right back at the beginning and then we work through some of the prophets until the arrival in the New Testament and I love to pick up those threads of the story. And we're going to start today from the book of Genesis, right at the beginning of the Bible, um, looking at a short chapter, at the, a short verses at the beginning of chapter 15, um, verses 1 to 6, which say this. Um, just to tell you that Abraham has just stood up to the king um, who has offered to um, give him lots of money and lots of wealth if he will hand over people that he has rescued, and Abraham says no. I'm going to protect these people, um, and I'm going to bow to God, not to you. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus? And Abraham said, You have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to to him as righteousness. I'm afraid I am one of those people who looks forward to Christmas and enjoys the time of Advent. Don't get me wrong, I don't start planning Christmas in August um, and have everything ready and I'm nowhere near prepared when it actually arrives, but I really look forward to it coming. I get very excited and I love the Advent season of looking towards that magical time. That arrives. Some of my favourite things um, that I love during Advent as we prepare for Christmas are um, the smell of the Christmas trees. I was talking about this with someone um, the other day, how you walk into the room if you've got a real Christmas tree and you smell the pine needles and it's all, it just brings back lots of memories for me. I love the real Christmas trees in the houses. I love the lights on all the houses outside in the streets as you're walking about and you see everything lit up, lots of different colours. It seems to bring things to life a bit more. I love the presents under the tree and I'm one of those people, I'm afraid, who picks them up and shakes them and smells them and, you know, feels them. And sometimes I've even sort of nudged a little bit of the corner away. I know you shouldn't. But, you know, it's exciting, isn't it? What is in the present? I don't actually then open it because it ruins the whole surprise. I also love um, carol singing, mince pies, mulled wine. The smell of mulled wine is wonderful. The carol singing is great. And I love the snow. When I was thinking about this, I put, I love the hope of snow, but we don't really get it. But but here we are. I love the thought that there might be snow. And I love the thought there might be snow at Christmas, so there hardly ever is. I'm happy with a heavy frost, though. That'll do me. But most of all, my favourite thing is when we arrive at Christmas Day 
and we come to church in the morning and we sing the final verse of O Come All Ye Faithful, which we only sing once a year when we say the words, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. And every time I sing that, I feel excited about Christmas, about the arrival of Jesus. Because for me, the time of Advent is a time of expectation and anticipation, a time of looking forward to the arrival of that special day. But I'm also very aware that there are a lot of people who don't love Christmas and don't love Advent. I'm very aware that there are a lot of people who hate mince pies and mulled wine and singing carols. There are a lot of people who hate singing carols. I bump into them all the time. They say, I hate carols. I hate the carol singing. There's also a lot of people who dislike real Christmas trees, don't like them at all, who who don't like all the presents and all the things that surround that, and who hate twinkly lights. There are loads of people who hate twinkly lights. And there are a lot of people who dread Christmas Day. Because that's the day that can be so isolating and lonely, bringing back lots of memories of things that are no longer there. Advent for these people, I'm very aware, is not exciting. It's not full of expectation and anticipation because it's a time of looking forward to something that actually they don't really enjoy. And yet, of course, traditionally, the time of Advent was not just looking forward to Christmas. It was not a period of four weeks that built up to that momentous 24 hours and then was over all of a sudden. Instead, it was a time that was there to remind us that we had something greater to look forward to. That no matter what our circumstances, no matter what was happening in our life, there was something bigger that could always offer us hope. And Advent, this period of four weeks or so, was there as a reminder that we would remember. It was a time full of promise for the future. A time that actually began many, many, many years ago with the story of Abraham, the part of which that we read just a few moments ago from chapter 15. And as you know, of course, Abraham, originally known as Abram, was um, a great figure in the Jewish faith and also in the Christian faith as well. A man who is held up throughout the Bible as being a great man of faith, who followed God no matter what. He appears in the book of Genesis, soon after the story of the Tower of Babel. And originally, he comes from a place called Ur of the Chaldeans. But following the migration of his father and all of the family to Haran, he settled there. And that is where, seemingly out of the blue, God calls to him. Suddenly. There's no history of this. There's nothing that's gone on. But suddenly God calls to him. Calls to him to leave. To leave his country that he's settled in, to leave his family that he's always been in, to leave his household, to leave his people, to leave everything he's got and to go to a land that God will show him, where he promises to make Abraham into a great nation. Out of the blue, he calls him, tells him to leave everything and promises to make him into a great nation. 
And so Abraham leaves with his nephew Lot and his wife and several of the members of the family and he sets out for the land of Canaan to begin his journey towards the promise that God has placed into his life. Or if you like, to begin his time of advent, his time of looking towards what God has promised to give him. And during his journey, which took many, many, many years with many, many adventures, God kept reminding Abraham of this promise that he had made, the promise he had made to make him into a great nation. He reminded Abraham of how numerous his offspring would be. In chapter 13, he says, like the dust of the earth. So if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted like the dust of the earth. And he reminds Abraham of where his inheritance will go, the chapter we just read. Look up at the heavens. And count the stars, if indeed you can count them. So shall your offspring be. Throughout his journey and his adventures in following God, God gave a constant reminder of the promise which he was travelling towards. And so we can imagine this Advent journey of Abraham's to be one that was full of expectation and anticipation like those who love Christmas and enjoy journeying towards it. And yet, of course, as many of us know, there was a problem. There was a big problem. The backstory being that when God called Abraham and gave him this promise of many offspring, a great nation, Sarah, his wife, then known as Sarai, was barren. She could not conceive or carry a child. And Abraham himself was 75 years old, getting on in years, although they lived a long, long time. He was still getting on, bordering on being an old man. They had both given up hope of children long, long ago. They'd given up hope of offspring, of those who would inherit all that they had. And so when the promise of God came and Abraham followed, rather than beginning an advent of joyous expectation and anticipation, he was beginning a journey of seeking to live in hope, even when his circumstances seemed beyond hope. He was beginning an advent of looking ahead, even when that which was in front of him was painful beyond words. And even though he failed to do this at times, even though he took his eyes off this hope, even though he couldn't trust God on occasion, pretending that his wife was his sister twice so that he wouldn't have his own life taken from him, and arguing with his nephew over the best bit of land, um, and finally taking matters into his own hand as he slept with Sarah's servant to create his own offspring, even though Abraham messed up on more than one occasion and sought to make these things of God happen his own way. His attempts to live an Advent life, one that looked forward to the hope of God, one that took him from a man who couldn't see past his own circumstances to a man who saw the advent of something new in the future. And more than that, to a man who recognised that actually he had a vital role to play in this adventure he was going towards. Until eventually, Abraham becomes a man who is remembered 
not for being childless or messing up or making mistakes, but a man who's remembered for trusting God, a man who's remembered for bravery and selflessness, a man who's remembered for great faith, which was credited to him as righteousness. Because he was a man who lived an Advent life, a life that no matter what was happening at the time, looked towards the arrival of something new. And you know, today, that promise of something new is still here. It began with Abraham, but it stretches right on into the future. Which is why it's such a shame that we condense Advent into these four weeks of looking towards Christmas Day. Not that we shouldn't look towards the celebration of Jesus' birth and all the things that go with that, but it would be great if we could also allow Advent to be what it should be, a reminder that actually, rather than looking forward to something that's already happened in the past, we are also called to look forward to something still to come, something bigger, Something that started at Abraham and still speaks hope into the darkness that surrounds us today. So that whatever's happening in our lives, and whatever we truly think of Christmas, whether we enjoy it or we hate it, we can journey with God in hope, knowing that there's still greater things to come, knowing that the promises of God are still to be fulfilled, knowing that one day, just like Abraham, the impossible will become possible because one day God's kingdom will arrive in all its fullness a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of justice, a kingdom of love, a kingdom of righteousness, a kingdom of freedom, a kingdom of grace, a kingdom of truth. A kingdom where everyone is accepted and welcomed. And the ways of abuse and misuse and fear and pain that we see all around us every single day are gone. A kingdom that when it arrives will bring everything to completion. Because when we seek to live looking forward to this type of advent, the advent of a new time that is beyond Christmas, It's then that we realise that actually, as the people of God, we have a role to play in this adventure, just like Abraham did. And just like him, although we might mess up, although we might fail, although we might take matters into our own hands and try and make things right ourselves at times, although we may think God's promises are far too far-fetched for us to imagine they'll ever happen, if we keep seeking to live in hope when circumstances seem beyond that, then God will be faithful to us. He will continue to remind us of the future. And the focus of our lives will change so that hopefully one day people will look back at us and remember us as those of great faith those who continued in hope when all around them seemed lost, those who lived in a way that ushered in the kingdom of God. We're going to have a time when you can reflect on maybe how you live. Do you live in the light of 
an advent still to come, in the light of the promises of God that are still to be fulfilled, do you live in hope when all around you seems darkness? Are you one of those that can continue to cling on to God when everyone else is talking about things being impossible? Or does your head get buried in what's happening around and bring you down? We're going to play um, a song on a CD, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And as it plays, maybe you want to think about whether you live just focusing on Christmas that has already been, or whether you live focusing on the advent of something new that is still to come. And whether you realise, and whether I realise, that actually we have a role to play in the things of God today. Let's just listen to this bit of music and ask God to speak to us. 